Welcome to the Sparkle Shamelessly with Lainey Love podcast. I'm your transformational host, Lainey Love Dalby, and I'm on a mission to free human spirits to sparkle shamelessly and step into their authentic power, including you, beloved listener. On this podcast, we're gathering fireside from around the globe for monthly interviews, storytelling, spiritual teachings, and sacred practices with style, sass, and the sacred. Come on over to LaineyLoveDalby.com for more spiritual and leadership development resources. And now, on to the show! Hello, beloveds! We are so thrilled to be back here with you again today. And I want to invite you to just take a moment to visualize that we're gathering once again in our virtual sacred circle now from across the globe for an intimate fireside chat with yet another one of my dear soul sisters and also a deep inspiration in my life, Tammy Brunk. And I want to just have you take a few deep breaths here. Just really breathing deep into your body. And then releasing. Ah, ah. That might not be serving you in this moment. And I invite you on the next in-breath to breathe in all of our beloveds circling around. All those beloveds nestling up next to the fire. And just allow yourself to fully arrive here now into this sacred container from wherever you're tuning in to join us. Just taking one more deep breath here. Ah. Mm. Welcome. I'm so deeply honored and grateful to have Tammy beaming into the Soul Sparkle Sanctuary with us today. She's a wholehearted empath that's a fully certified shamanic astrologer, an active dream teacher, and the co-founder of Venus Alchemy with Kaylin Castell. She's also a powerful international speaker, writer, and teacher. And her passion is really to marry the worlds of astrology and dreaming to accelerate the shift into a new earth paradigm. She has changed the lives of thousands globally through Venus Alchemy and her Sky Apprentice program, as well as her Astrology for Earth Renewal e-zine and her readings, which I have been a benefactor of many times that have been really life-changing for me. And as an earth guardian from a young age, Tammy also brings special insight to her practice from decades as a field biologist, nature writer, naturalist, and eco-activist. Welcome, sister. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, so good to be with you, Lainey. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Just so, so wonderful to be able to gather um, now with you and, and your beloved listeners. Thank you, sister. So I'm going to dive right in because each moon cycle in our Sister Hive Learning and Practice community, we're really deepening into one of the 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly. And this month's community pillar is the great homecoming. And within that is the theme of honoring all life as sacred. 
because I deeply believe that reconnection is the medicine that is most greatly needed in our world today. What we need now is a great homecoming to our bodies, to each other, to the planet, and the web of all life. And I feel that humanity is really crying out for a new bottom line of love that's aimed at restorative justice and collective healing and fierce liberation, along with a deep respect and infusion of the sacred into all of life, a remembrance that we belong to each other. And it's what I'm calling the sacred revolution. And as this great homecoming arrives, it's really time to remember that everything truly is deserving of our reverence, even that which triggers us. And, you know, the sacred and the holy is in all things, not just in churches or temples or shrines or the people who visit them. Each of us is a manifestation of the holy and that which is divine. Each of us has that divine spark living within us including ourselves as multidimensional beings. And it really manifests on this earth plane as what I like to call our unique soul sparkle, as we've talked about so many times before. And our charge is merely to find anything that is extinguishing that light and release it so we can shine brightly in all we do. And I believe we must also cultivate and encourage that spark of the divine within us and all other beings respecting that, upholding that, revering that, celebrating that. And Tammy lives this so brilliantly each day of her life, which is one of the reasons that I asked her to join us today. So beloved, I would love it if you could share a little bit about your own revolutionary journey that really led you to this work as a scribe to the stars, an active dream teacher, and an earth guardian. Mm. Lainey, thank you. I I so resonate with obviously with so everything that you're saying. Um, in my journey, I began um, in such a an interesting place where my family uh, was very. I, I grew up very close to the land. I grew up in a. My parents had moved us uh, out into the country in Missouri, of all places, and in the foothills of the Ozarks. My family's from the Ozarks which is the, this ancient mountain range in the center of, of the um, nation and um, of Turtle Island. And we have also Cahokia Mounds, which was like our version of Teotihuacan, which probably was about 30 miles away from where I grew up. So I always felt that I was, um, as I learned more about it later, that I was probably informed very much by that land. I think we're all informed by the land. Um, but my journey was... Um, that I was first it began as someone who had a deep, deep connection to the earth. And, you know, as a child, I was homeschooled for years. And one of my first, um, one of the first things that I actually created for myself as a project was to get to know all the herbs on our farm. And so I had this wonderful book, uh, Billy Joe Tatum's Wild Food Edibles Cookbook. And I would get, I would cultivate bloodroot. Um, I, um, I would, I would, I learned about the local medicinal herbs. And I also would make like wild ginger syrup, acorn pancakes. I mean, I had a very earthy kind of connection early on. Um, and so that was kind of my, my beginning point where I always had this kind of sense, this feeling of the aliveness and the creation. Um, I spent a lot of time on the land. That's where that began, that deep intimate connection. I had hours and hours to just uh, be in that. I was so lucky as a kid. You know, we had a creek, we had beautiful forests. Um, that's how it began. 
uh, when I was a child also, I remember um, that we would go out to see the Perseid meteor showers every year. We would sleep out on the front lawn. My, I had seven sisters and a brother, right, a very abundant family. And we would all sleep out under the stars all night. Mom would make us popcorn and we would like, we would see these beautiful meteors just coming down. I remember I was so, like, I would look forward all year. That was my Christmas. And I remember one year I, I fell asleep early and I asked my sisters to wake me up. And I, they woke me up, but I didn't remember that they, I, I was still half asleep. And, um, and I woke up the next morning and I'd missed it. And I can't tell you how devastated I was by that. So anyway, this is just a story to, to kind of share the origination point of, you know, my, my beginnings on this path. And fast forward later, many years, um, I, I've been um, in my adult life, I've been a, a poet, a writer, um, but also always my connection to Gaia has been primary. And so I have, you know, a bachelor's degree in wildlife biology. I was a naturalist, a field biologist working with birds for years, and then an, and also an environmentalist, you know, and an educator and um, an earth guardian in many ways. So this all, you know, was, this all helped me to, to set the foundation for what later in my, in my 30s, I would make a pr profound shift into more of the spiritual dimension of this work. Uh, and I'll just say it was very hard to shed my old identities. I think that's true for many of us, where um, I ended up, um, it was at a time I've always been uh, a very active person in terms of um, the the political sphere. I was very active. Um, but it, after 9-11, I had this profound soul questioning, which ended up leading me into the path of astrology. It ended up leading me into the path of active dreaming, uh, because I came to see that we need to be tuning into these these uh, more layers of reality, more layers of consciousness in order to be able to make the shifts we want to make. We can't just operate in middle world reality and affect the changes that we need. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's some of the story, which is a very large one, but um, that's, those are some important knowings about me. Awesome. Thank you, sister. Yeah, I, I've definitely always been so in awe of your love and deep honoring and that intimate connection that you have to the earth, but especially to the stars in the night sky and the entire cosmos and the planets and just really being able to tune into them so, so deeply. And you clearly hold them as deeply sacred as well. So I'd love to ask what pointers you might have or advice or suggestions to help our listeners to come home more to the earth mother and the wisdom of nature that is all around us, especially the cosmos and the planets and the stars. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, a connection to the cosmos, I'll begin there. Um, in my training as a shamanic astrologer, part of that training is to spend time every month. And this is something if, for your listeners who are really adventurous. Um, we, you can go out every month to the same site. Actually, you can even have it be in your home um, where you begin to track every day. Just begin with the sun. Um, begin to notice where the sun rises every morning and maybe even you can put like markers on the glass door or um, if if you can create even you can create a stone circle outside that's a little more advanced but begin paying attention to where the sun rises and sets and where the moon rises and sets when it's it's full that's one way to connect but I feel that it's actually it's it's for me, the biggest way that I stay connected is that I, I go out every morning, nearly every morning. I'll go out before sunrise, and I like to um, greet 
the morning star Venus right now, which is amazing. Um, I like to spend time um, actually connecting. Like Sirius right now is really bright in the sky. So when I'll go out, I, I kind of feel like I can kind of breathe in the energy of some of these major stars. It's important to learn. Some stars you can really deeply connect to. Sirius is the one I'm deeply connected to. So I'll go, I spend a lot of time with these particular stars, but also to be open. You know, sometimes when you can't sleep in the middle of the night, it's because it's for you to go outside, see what's happening in the sky. Oftentimes you'll see that maybe Orion's belt is up above you. Maybe the, the moon, the moon, the uh, last quarter moon is at the top of the sky. So it's to begin slowing down enough to pay attention to what's happening in the sky. Um, obviously, there are so many sister circles now that are live in our communities, or we, I'm sure many um, listeners are facilitating their own circles. For seven years in Albuquerque, I facilitated monthly new moon circles for women. It was very powerful because at the beginning of each of those circles, I would really give a download around what was happening in the sky, what you can see happening. And um, this is why I, I recommend you know, get your wee moon calendar, get your different calendars, but actually spend time and observe. You can use apps now. Where's Saturn in the sky? Is it in the morning sky? Where is Venus? Is it, you know, where is Mars? To really begin to pay attention to how they move. And um, that kind of intimacy um, makes it so that we begin to have this very alive conversation with these beings because they are beings. We begin to have a conversation um, it's just like any other relationship where the more you learn about that individual, then the deeper that kind of heart connection can be. And it's, you're like saying, I'm saying to Mars, I want to have a relationship with you. So I'm going to be able to learn about when I can see you and when I can't, I'm going to start to spend more time with you. Um, even if you can't see some of these things, I will actually, I use my um, Astro Gold I, it's like $40. You can get it online. I will check every morning and just kind of tune in and be like, okay, where are the stars and planets? And I look at that chart and I can see where they are. And I just, I'll meditate and I'll feel, okay, Uranus is up here. Um, Venus is down here. You can use an app to do the same thing. You can be quiet and get still and you can feel in your body how you're the center point and these different stars and points in the sky. Um, you can connect into each one of them individually. And I, for me, I'm very much a feeling person. I feel everything. I'm more clairsentient. And so I want to feel into kinesthetically, where is Venus? And maybe what's a message she has for me. So cultivate a conversation and have that be through your tools. You know, use technology to connect you and also spend a lot of time under the sky. Um, I began here and I didn't complete, but in the training every month I would go out under the sky and this was in a wilderness area outside of Albuquerque. And I would just um, stay up as late as I could and sleep underneath the sky and just see how the stars and planets move. Every month, the stars would look different. Every month, different planets would be at the top of the sky. And so that's actually really potent to go out to under the night sky on a regular basis and see how the sky has changed. So that's one way. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, sister. Yeah, I love, I love that idea of just developing an intimate relationship with these energies, just as we would with a friend that would come Absolutely. over for tea and we connect in intimacy. And what better time to even talk about that than this full moon in Libra and the relational goddess and really tapping. Absolutely. It is all about relationship. Yeah. And just honoring those relations and the sacredness of that. 
you know, and, and I love too as well, you mentioning gathering in circles, especially on the new and full moons, which, you know, we do in Sister Hive as well. It's really such a powerful time to anchor in and connect consciously with intention to those energy and to really see and feel into, especially as women identified individuals, how it influences our being and our cycle mm. and how Absolutely. we show up, how we feel, how we emote, how we can think, mm. how we exercise, yes. how we can eat. It really affects all of that. And so thank you for that reminder and that, that idea of intimacy. Mm. So I, I know you've worked as an ally to indigenous communities for much of your life. And I'd really love for you to share with our listeners what the most profound wisdom and medicine for these times are that you've learned and really feel that there's an urgency to share with us here today. The first thing I would say is, you know, from the time that I was about 19, uh, and I was, I went to the Navajo Reservation, the Reservation of the Diné at Black Mountain, which is uh, sacred land um, for the, the Navajo. Uh, I went there to raise awareness of what was happening to the land there. And I gathered others to come with me. And it was profoundly, um, it was a profound moment in my life where we were able to stay with elders and they were still, they didn't, many of them didn't speak English. We would stay in their hogans and um, we learned from them um, so much. But I, what, it, what it broke open in me was this very rare opportunity to actually be with, spend time with, live with people who had such a profound sacred connection to the earth. I mean, there's nothing like, there's nothing like that. Awoken within me this longing to a remembrance. We all have that deep in our bones. And, and to, to sing the songs with them, to be in sweat with them. Um, sweat ceremony, um, and just to be with them in the way that they engage with the land. They didn't have electricity, um, and there was just such a clear living connection to earth and sky. And um, I remember my friend Tom Bodoni, who has passed, but he was a great teacher for me, and he was an advocate and an activist, as well as a spiritual teacher. Um, he he said to me, he asked me early on, he said, okay, I know you're really interested in, in Native American ways. You know, a lot of people come here, they're very interested in that. But I would say to you, it's very important for you to learn about your own roots. So, so from that point, you know, there was always, anytime I've worked with indigenous communities, I worked with the Diné early on, I've worked with the Navajo a lot over my life, worked with the Nez Perce later. I also work with a, a beautiful organization in Albuquerque, working with Chicano and Native youth um, and gang-involved youth. Um, and my teacher there, Albino Garcia, was a profound teacher for me. Um, but what Tom taught me and what I learned there on the land at Black Mesa, uh, Big Mountain, were two things. One was um, that it was absolutely essential for me to find a way to connect to the land as much as possible with that same living spirit and reverence to find my own songs, to find my own connection to the land in a way that was so sacred. Um, so alive, um, I, I needed to cultivate that more. And in community, I had no idea how. This is something we run into as white people. Um, but I knew how essential that was to come home to place. And the second thing was that I absolutely needed also to be able to embrace and come into relationship with my own ancestral heritage, which is non-Indigenous to this land largely. 
So I would say what I feel very passionately about is that all of us who feel very drawn to indigenous ways, that we do find ways to support the very real challenges that those communities are facing now. Many of them are um, on the front lines protecting our vital land. So I do think it's important for us to find ways to be a voice for that, to be a support. I think support indigenous-led organizations, female-led indigenous organizations, follow, for example, what's happening to missing um, and murdered indigenous women and people. That's a very, very important thing that more people are finally talking about. Um, So be an ally to indigenous communities. And also, we need to learn to become indigenous to place wherever we live. And I think the first thing about that, you know, I studied bioregionalism when I was working in my master's. The first piece of that is to ask with bioregional perspective, who lived here before? What were their stories? How did they see the land? I think where you live, Lainey, it's a beautiful place to do that because you still have these living cultures who have been very, um, who have preserved profound teachings and traditions. And it's a place where that's open. You know, you can learn about that. I often feel that the land itself misses this land here in Missouri where there are no people, no native people. I shouldn't say that, but very, very few um, of the original native inhabitants of this land are here. I often feel that the land misses the the words that emerged from this geography, the songs. And so, again, I think I learned that we need to cultivate a living, resonant uh, relationship that is to the land where we live and with the spirits of the land where we live. Um, And also that it's so essential. This has been a biggest part, I think, of my journey. It's been the challenging, more challenging part. I want to identify with, and I do, I have an indigenous heart. Many of us do. When I say that, what I mean is in my heart from birth, I had a profound, deep, deep love of land. It just was big in me. And this is true for many of us. And I think it's actually true for all of us if we can unpeel the layers. At the same time, I also have, um, you know, thousands of years of colonization to unpack and to unlearn and to strip down. And that's, that's, a, big, um, that's a big thing to, to accomplish. But also, how do I love my settler colonial ancestors? How do I actually honor and love my lineage? That's been a big challenge because I think a part of me has been rejecting them. Um, I love a lot of what Lila June Johnson has spoken to around this. You know, she's Dene and also white of, of both heritages. How can we, I'm still in conversation with this, um, how can we love our ancestors through the fact that they were in a position to have taken the land of the indigenous people who lived here and to be part of the atrocity of that? That is something I think many of us are grappling with. Because if I reject my ancestors, if I don't also see the beauty in their stories and their struggle, then what I will do as a person who is fairly woke (laughs) what I will do is I will find any and all opportunity to project outward onto other white people that they're not doing it right, that they're not social, they're not um, conscious enough. Instead of really looking deeply at myself and saying, I need to heal this split. I need to love my ancestors. I need to come into peace around that. I need to find the root of my indigenous soul. This is very tricky territory, but it really, it belongs to the territory of the heart. 
because I really feel, you know, there's so much about, I love connecting with the stars and my deepest core is to help people remember this earth is alive, to awaken animistic consciousness. At the same time, we are human beings with other human beings and we have lineage that we may not want to come to terms with. There's the social conversation and then there's what's happening in our hearts and with our closest families, our blood families. There's a lot of work that we can do there that's the hardest work. Um, wow, I went all over the place, but <laughs> these oh, thank you. Thank you. feel so vital to me. Yeah, and, and it's so powerful as well. I mean, one of our other pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly is honor your roots and meaning your ancestral yeah. roots and where you actually came from. And yeah. so I think that so many, I, I similarly had a story where I got stuck with doing years of healing work uh, for my ancestors who had come here from England and into mm -hmm. North Carolina, into the South. And there was mm -hmm. deep trauma, deep pain, deep harm that was done. And so yeah. I, for years, really did deep work there before I could go back to the, you know, the Celtic shamans and the Druids where, you know, where the lineage extended back to in ancient times. But, Absolutely. you know, stepping, stepping back in time and doing what we need to do to connect to that deep shamanic wisdom in our own lineage, whatever that might be, you know. And, and Absolutely as well simultaneously to come from the place of the heart and what we do feel most drawn to in this lifetime. Cause who knows, you know, past lives, yeah. it might yeah. be, you know, and, and so just allowing ourselves to be in that, but as you said, doing the work that needs to be done to the healing work, the, you know, the, the reclamation work, the reconciliation work and the allyship really. Yes. And it really, I, I have come to feel more and more that um, it's, it's, if we can shift the way we see activism so that it actually becomes a sacred calling, it becomes something that we're privileged to do. I see so many people who are doing the work as activists. They're, they're afraid, they're burned out, they've been holding a great deal. And I often would wish for those individuals to take a, a break and take a step back. And in my deepest imagining that they, if they're ready, if it's their time, that they be held and deep community healing process. That's the world I'd like to live in. And that then the people who stand up as activists, who, who do, are doing the outer work, are people who are continually also practicing radical self-care, but also that it's something that is, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be doing that work, and it's seen as such, and that it's almost like to be able to step into the field at that meta level, you are required, you are required to do this inner deeper work, to do the reconciliation inward first, to do that deeper healing first. Not that it's ever completely done, but as you're saying, I love your story too, Lainey, um, that we need to <clears throat> decolonize our own hearts first. So we're not creating this blame game, which is so common now. Um, you know, really go inward. It, that's what I've learned from indigenous elders is, is self-responsibility. That's really the first core um, tenet from any indigenous um, wisdom keepers that I've learned from. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, completely being on the spiritual journey in general and the revolutionary journey, it is about within within is where the treasure's always been. In the, yes, absolutely. Tapping into and really spiraling into yourself to find that truth and to tap into that mm -hmm. and to really be deeply moved by that and to be responsible, responsibility, you know, to be responsible. Absolutely. And, and Sister Hive, you know, our, our sort of whole 
premise is the idea of coming together to be deeply nourished so that we can nourish the soul of the world with our sacred work mm -hmm. and medicine and mm -hmm. showing up being response able. So, cause without that nourishment, we can't be, you know, we can't shine together as a constellation. Right. Of Starving here on earth. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. What could you recommend to our listeners to help them remember to sparkle shamelessly like the stars in the night sky, like the stardust that we are? Mm. More and more, I feel that for myself and for many others, the important remembrance is that we we chose to be here at this time to remember that when it gets really dark and to remember that um so this is actually again this is a profound gift to be here i would actually want to speak to those moments when we don't feel like sparkling i would like to speak to those moments where we forget who we are um and then just to say that we are i think that it's to learn what i've been seeing lately so much is it's about what i'm calling emotional fluency mm. Um, so really, I actually think the feeling state, the emotional state, I'm calling it the whole half, whole, wholehearted empath path, <laughs> um, is to really become so attuned to what it is we're feeling in the moment and to have our, um, maybe our goal be to be, to be able to feel any of those feelings as they come up and recognize them as they come up and dance with those feelings, not be afraid of any of it to really greet it wholeheartedly. Because I think for many of us on this path, there's been a part of us, when we first landed as these bright beings, I will say this for myself, that we, part of us was afraid to be here because it's been pretty damn heavy and pretty dark. And so it's that claiming that I am here, I want to be here, I remember I want to be here, whatever practice we can use to remember, I'm in a body, this is a good place to be. How do I bring those tendrils that are out here? How do I bring them down and in? So practices around that for me, it can involve drumming, really, you know, really drumming just to bring the energy into my body. It can engage. Sometimes I just like to very simply, it's simple, simple things. I sit down to meditate and I'll just feel in my body, where do I feel a little sadness? Oh, wow. Like I feel this undercurrent of sadness. Like where does that live in my body? Just breathe with it. Let myself feel that. If an image of me as a little girl comes up and I see something that happened that was hard, for example, I just be with her. I just bow to her. I just say, I'm so sorry that happened. I just hold her in my presence. I let a little bit of that sadness kind of like just, I, I soften and drop into it. And what I found more and more is that when I drop into the sadness or the grief, whatever that is, just let that happen daily, daily. Mm -hmm. I, I connect into what I'm feeling in a soft way. That sadness can fall away and I open into joy. So I've found it to be a dynamic balance between those moments where my spirit is like really like kind of numb or kind of out here and I need to sometimes be strong about it and cultivate the masculine and do the drumming or really, or run, do anything that moves the energy through my body strongly. Like I'm saying to the universe, yes, 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 I'm here. Yes, 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 I wanna be in a body. Sometimes it's that strong thing that's required. And often it's more the feminine like softening and just saying, okay, what wants to be heard? What wants to be felt? Mm. And when I feel that then, everything opens into joy, into a homecoming, into a, a deeper presence with myself. And that light that shines from that place, that slower, more relaxed, more like, it's so joyful. And we all have access to it. 
Mm, beautiful. Thank you, sister. Yeah, just like we do shaking and koya, moving that yeah. energy, getting it out. Exactly. But also yeah. that, you know, the, the essential part of the light is also darkness. And we need to be able to hold yes. those, to look at the shadow, to look at the places of pain, to hold those heavier emotions and be afraid and not run away, you know, and to really engage with them in relationship, in intimacy, and to hold them as sacred as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think. Another piece of this that I've really been seeing lately with the emotional fluency is, you know, we've for so long, people believe that holding the yoga pose for a really long time is a good thing. We've been learning, of course, that that's not necessarily true. You need to stay in kind of motion. I think that's also true with feelings and emotions. I think it's just as much the case that we can either try to avoid spiritual bypass or we lean into that emotion. We try to hold, I'm in grief right now. I'm going to be really sad for a really long time, or I'm really angry and I'm going to hold that pose. Well, okay, let it move through. Its nature is to change and transform. So that's what I've been finding too is emotional fluency. (laughs) Amazing. So beloved, I have one final question for you that I'd love to ask because I know that your beloved Venus recently moved into Libra. And I'm wondering if you could share a bit about this and why it's such an important transition for humanity at this time, but especially why it's so crucial for the rising of this new feminine paradigm of leadership. Mm, Absolutely. Yes. Love to talk about Venus always. So yes, Venus moved into Libra, um, began a new Libra cycle in November of last year, and it will last for about a year and a half. It's so powerful and potent because this is really about the, what we would, would been talking about earlier, um, the, the Libra, whatever sign Libra's or Venus is in when she begins a cycle, that is the meta story. It's what the feminine is up to, um, in the collective for that period of time. So with Libra, it's about relationship, everything about right relationship. And what's interesting is that in the beginning phase when Venus is morning star, this is where we are peeling away the layers. We're letting go of whatever stands in the way of right relationship. So for example, um, we we might be even encountering what's happening, where the wounding has been. The morning star period is facing the shadow in a sense. So how that can show up is you might be, we might be seeing this is where I have, um, as I've been seeing it, is relationship with self again first. This is where I have been scattered and fragmented inside of myself. You might be meeting that. And, and then coming home to a deep, deep longing to, to, to do everything you can to bring that fragmentation into coherence. Come into right relationship with yourself, again, which I think is often through feeling, you know, really attuning to what the feeling is. Um, so it's right relationship with self. It's also, of course, really fine-tuning what's happening in our most, our closest bonded relationships. And the truth I'm seeing around me a lot is that this is, again, it's a clearing time. It's morning star. A lot of relationships are undergoing profound, massive changes. This is everything from a lot of new, vibrant relationships showing up that are like really uh, very powerful and potent beginning kinds of relationship dynamics we haven't seen before. The potential is very great all the way to, um, you know, many people in relationships are saying this isn't working or they're saying this dynamic needs to shift dramatically. So personal primary relationships are under a lot of pressure right now. This is just the reality because we're accelerating, we're changing so quickly. Their relationships are also being asked to evolve very quickly. So any relationships that are not about the evolution of each individual, they're going through a tremendous amount of pressure and stress and strain because 
again, each of us are here to shine our lights and whatever we're doing that's standing in the way of that. I mean, I will just tell you, there are many, I would say, and this is a sad thing to say, I do feel that there are still many, many people who are held back in their personal lives because they're choosing to remain in relationships that, that feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And not that comfortable isn't good, but if they're comfortable, but the relationship itself is, is causing that individual to um, you know, spend a lot of their energy trying to be someone they're not, and I, this is far too common, it's, it's a tragic waste. And I don't mean to be super extreme about this, but I really have been seeing where this is changing fast. People are actually letting go of the relationships that don't serve and stepping into the relationships that do. And people in relationships are that where both people are doing the work are coming into this really powerful place of co-creation. So that's the second. And then the third is feminine leadership. As, as feminine leaders, we um, understand that we're so much more powerful when we join with others. So what we're seeing right now is so many potent, powerful conversations and uh, collaborations where many of us are looking around and asking, wow, who can I play with? You know, who can I help rise up? Who can I uplift? We're creating a circle effect. It's not hierarchical. And um, we're creating this vibrant economy also sharing with each other. And so we're really coming into community um, in a really potent, powerful way. As women, we're cultivating those connections and this new collaborative mode of business, of practice in the world. Mm, yes, I love that so much. And just knowing that when we do gather, when we do circle, when we do come together, that we remember and we start yes. to bring those parts of ourselves back home that, you know, call them back into our being and into our full authentic experience. And cutting away any of those things that don't serve that, the relationships or whatever it might be. And or the dynamics in a relationship, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I really believe that it is in coming together that we can continue to sparkle shamelessly and really bring and flood the house of humanity with light together. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you, Lainey. Oh, sister, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It has been a deep pleasure to have you and to share your medicine. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for the show today, beloved. If you want to hear more from our guest today, join us in Sister Hive, where you'll receive a masterclass from her and so much more. You can find out more about her work at www.astrologyforearthrenewal.com. And remember, trillions of years of evolution and revolution led to you. It's time to remember who you truly are and why you're here at this most powerful time in human history. It's time to allow your full spiritual magnificence and the raw truth of who you are to come forth. It's time to be lit up and turned on and blazing true because the world needs your unique soul sparkle now more than ever. So remember, Someone out there needs you. Are you willing to finally come out of hiding and live your life so that they can find you? I'll leave you with that question for now, beloved, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show today, please share it with your beloveds. And come on over to LaineyLoveDolby.com where you'll receive a free 
Soul Sparkle Starter Kit so you can begin your own journey to ignite your revolutionary potential today. 